Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. You can find Nick and I at the HyperClean Specialist Group on Facebook or go to TikTok, HyperClean Store there. That's the best way to get in touch with us. I am drinking tonight for the Community Pub White Rascal. It is from Avery Brewing in Boulder, Colorado. I'm a big fan of Avery. Most of their beers I like. This is a traditional Belgian-style white ale that many times I drink a, a white ale in a transitional period between seasons. Uh, white ales sometimes are popular as uh, people have drank a, a beer called Cold Snap where you're moving from springtime into summer as a popular beer. I also like it here in the fall. It's a good beer right before I almost grabbed some Oktoberfest and I was like, yeah, maybe it's still just a little bit early. It is now kind of late August and tonight is the last night before the big day tomorrow. A lot of people here, their kids are going back to school for the first day. Brings back a lot of memories for most of us. You know, those first days back to school, were you a guy that was ready to get back to school? You were excited about it? Or were you dragging your feet the whole way there, screaming, not happy, don't want to go back to school? Boy, those can be fun times. I, I do know, remember, though, usually we were a family that drove to school. Some people rode buses. Uh Driving to school, though, is always interesting because when you're pulling up into school, remember that little bit of anxiety? Maybe you had it. Maybe you didn't. Depend on what your parents drove. Sometimes I had a little bit of anxiety as my parents were pulling up. But for the most part, we had a pretty decent vehicles. They were all right. You know, the Grand Wagoneer that's in my garage was what my dad drove as a, as a kid. And then we had those big conversion vans that were fun. What do you guys remember about vehicles growing up? Uh, I know as Mr. Hine is here, this might get a, interesting. So that'll be a fun question when we get over to him. But let's start over with Mark. Mark, we'll get you unmuted for a little bit. Hopefully it's not too loud. Thanks for hopping into the pub. Glad to see you uh, working in there detailing. Uh, you got your buddy there with you. Detailing cars while we're on the community pub, man. That's what it's all about. Thank you guys for hopping in. Yes, sir. Of yeah. Of course. And thanks for having us. So, what was the car you guys most dreamed? Like, your little kid, what did you want? Like, what was the hot car? What were you looking for as you were thinking, man, when I'm older, I really want? I don't know. You go first. <laughs> no, you. Me. <laughs> all no. right. We're going to punch you then if you guys do that. <laughs> we're no. going to punch you. Mine has always been a, like a, like a Willie's Jeep, you know, like a 60s Ooh. Jeep. Uh, I have like, I only have like, I was supposed to start a Hot Wheel collection in my room, but it's only one. It's a little Willie's. <laughs> I don't know. When I was younger, I've always wanted a supercar. I had that phase Ferrari Lamborghini, but as I got older, it started to get tamer. Now I'm looking at like a Volvo, like station wagon. <laughs> <laughs> so you were always into the speed, into the exotics. That's what you really wanted because they, they just look cool sports cars. As a kid, yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah. The, the typical poster cars, you know, and then as I got older, practicality became a thing. And I'm like, ooh, station wagon, I can fit so many things. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Mac, what about you? I know you're 
you're uh, you're enjoying watching them do their work and excited <laughs> to see some cars finally getting cleaned up there in your town but what about yeah, you right. what was I, it like growing up what were you what was your car what were you looking for well um i've always been really into corvettes um so finally when i went into high school i actually drove a 79 corvette to school for high school oh yeah 79 vet yeah. huh that's cool. So growing up, you were also the same way. It was sports cars. You were looking for speed, but it wasn't so much exotic. It was that American muscle, the Corvette. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. That's cool. All right, Nick. Cooking with Nick, man. What's on the menu tonight? And uh, what was your car? What were you thinking when you were a kid? I'll start with a car. Um, I gave no shits about cars until I got my first car, um, except for one specific kind of car, and that was a Mini. I like I just liked it because it was quirky and it was different from all the other cars. It was the only car that was shaped like a box and had its own immediate, at least as a, as a small kid, a, an immediate identifiable styling, you know, to it. So, of course, when it came time to get my first car at 16, 17, it was like, oh, what do you want? A Mini. Let's see if we can get one for cheap. I drove a bunch of cars and one of the last cars I drove was a Mini and it was the best driving of them all. So it was like a match made in heaven. And there we go. That's cool, but man. That's cool. That's a good story. For food, um, tequila lime shrimp. Again, it's just okay. so good. And it's so easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a family favorite, I think, right? It's at least a me favorite. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, remind us again, what's your process? What are you going to do? Um, saute peppers, shallot, garlic, your fragrances, and um, peppers. Saute them till they're a little bit charred up. Do the same thing with little baby tomatoes or just diced tomatoes. You can do that. Um, throw in your shrimp. Let that saute for a second. Please season your shrimp super well. Um, <clears throat> throw in tequila. A good shot, shot and a half. Let that flame up. Let that sear everything really nice. Um, if you want, add a little richness. You can pour a little heavy cream in there. But that's really it. Just top that over rice. It's going to have its own juice in there. That's it. Simple, easy, healthy. Love it. Hey, take a shot for the homies too while you're at it. You know, you got well. it. All right. Speaking of shots, Mr. Hine, you, Hi, got Marty, how you, doing? you got a shot of sapphire in there? Yeah, I got a probably three. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't drink sapphire with anything else. You just drink it. You put it on some rocks and you drink it. It's old man stuff, right, Marvin? <laughs> I drink tequila, man. So y'all, y'all are kind of cracking me up because <clears throat> from the age my uncle that lived in Columbus, Ohio, brought me up a botaco, which was a Spanish enduro motorcycle. He brought it up in a basket and he said, Here, kid, it's yours. And we tore that thing apart and it had a broken crankshaft. We took it to the local Botaco dealer and I drove that motorcycle back and forth to high school um, till I was seven, 16, 16, almost 17. And I drove it in two feet of snow. I just put knobbies on it. Um, Barefoot? And because <clears throat> I live in guys, you know, the guys you, that don't know me, I live in Western New York where snow is king. 
Um, and um, my brother-in-law had a 67 429 CJ Mustang. He left for Vietnam in 72. I wasn't 16 yet. I was still driving the Botaco. And he said, hey, kid, if I die, here's the title. He, he died. And um, when I, I, on my 16th birthday, we took the title down the motor vehicle, registered it in my name. I got, in, in my day, you could get a motorcycle license prior to a driver's license. And um, I drove that probably, I was six, let's see. So I was a junior in high school. So I drove it my junior and senior year in high school. And then, yeah, yeah. And the the sad part of that story is um, my father, well, so I went to Ohio State on a baseball scholarship, got cut, went directly to the Army, never even went home. Um, And uh, when I got back from airborne school, my father had sold. And I said, why didn't you sell my car? He goes, ah, I was sick of looking at it in the side yard. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's kind of one of my big what ifs because I might still have that car today. I don't blame you. You probably should. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Good to see you there, man. Glad to see good you. Good to back see you, Marty. Good above, to see man. you, uh, yeah. Nick. And good to see you, Derek. And good to see Hell you. Oh, yeah, Mike. For those that don't know me, I'm Mike Hine. Nice to meet you all. Another person that's good to see as always, Mr. Joe Clean. Joe Clean, man. When you were a kid, did you have the afro or did you have it down tight? Or did you have the did you have the the block up that was popular from who was the guy that played basketball? Who was the high top guy? Uh God, who was it growing up? Do you remember? Mm-mm. I just I just remember for Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Will Smith. Yeah, he had it too. And then there was was it Kid, David hey. or some something like that that played uh, basketball for uh, San Antonio, right? Didn't David didn't Robinson? Got, yeah, didn't he have a flat top or one of those? Yeah, he had a, he had a high flat top that he yeah. carried over from. It was it was taller than what he had when he was in the Navy. Yeah, Joe Clean. What about? I mean. You were in there. You had your flat top. You're ready. No, no flat top. Did you have the line? Did you do my, the lines? My hair was this low, and I had waves all around my hair. My Ooh. head in the age of 10. You wore the cap to get the I, waves? No, I just brushed my hair and my teeth every day. Oh, okay. <laughs> I care. Makes sense. Uh, so what car too. were you thinking? You're a young lad. You're thinking, man, I really would love to have a car one day going back to school maybe i'll get one when i'm older what was that well, dream car what was it that you wanted mr joe clean i bought my first car when i was 15 and it was a nissan Sentra. but a car that i always wanted was from he say my mom pink pimps an act with minks on her back notorious big so that acura legend i wanted all my life oh man ever got it and if I were to see it right now, I probably won't even buy it, but I always wanted it. Oh, the Acura Legend. Acura Legend. There was something about it. Yeah, you're right. You're I right. saw one there today, was. Joe. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Lucas, besides a Volkswagen, was there anything else as a young lad? That, uh, <laughs> oh, that Marty, wanted? I didn't like Volkswagens until two years ago. I hated them until two years ago. I was, oh, yeah. I was thoroughbred American muscle. And growing up, my dad always loved Japanese cars. So he had a couple RX-7s and I think he had a Miata when I was born. And I, I don't remember the Miata, but I remember his RX-7s. And I've always liked his brother's tasting cars because his brother growing up always had either uh he got a brand new c5 corvette he had a firebird uh he got a gto so that's why once i got old and started making some money i bought a camaro and then i bought a gto and now i'm german pilled so now i'm on to my audi i just got the all-time attainable dream car is a c6 corvette zr1 You and Mac, huh? You and Mac. That's it. You, you guys got your new balances right there with it? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, buddy. High high socks, too. <laughs> oh, wait. And, hey, don't, Mac, don't forget the jorts. And the pole and the ball cap. With a shirt and a collar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. Tucked no in with the top three buttons yeah. on. <laughs> We had a we speaking that we had a guy come with one of the newer 2022 or 2023 Corvettes C8s and he came out buttoned up shirt the socks and I literally thought of this that last episode I started smiling when the guy was walking up but it was brand new it was it was sweet he had told me the horror story of him trying to order it but I literally could not stop looking at this man's outfit when he got out of that car <laughs> he had it to the T did he oh Marty it was like a, exactly like what we described last week like exactly I was like he had the socks pulled up. Had the Nikes on, he had the button-up shirt, and he could not wait for me to ask about that Corvette. I was like, no, so I see you got the new one. And then he went into this long, hour-long story. And I'm just like, he was a nice guy, though, but I gave him a business card, so hopefully I'll get to see that Corvette again. Yeah, definitely. All right, Derek, what about you as a young lad, back to school, ready to roll? What was your dream car, man? Your little kid? What was it that you really wanted? I always wanted a Ford Mustang. I don't know why. I just always wanted one. One of my buddies was like, uh, Lucas was saying he had muscle cars he had you know challenger chargers he still has a trans am like he had a gto but i always just wanted a mustang and when i got old enough to drive i asked my dad and he looked turned over in the car he turned over and said hell no they ain't going on my insurance so i ended up with a mazda 3 so and i and after a while then i got a little suv got my cx5 and then like uh mac was saying i went right to practicality and that's where the truck came from so i don't maybe one day but I, I, my car's got to be practical. Yeah, I'm with you. You know who else thinks practical is old Alex. Alex is a big guy that thinks practical all the time, nonstop. That guy's like, he's like a walking <laughs> practical man. <laughs> you know, there's videos I've seen of this practical guy, and he chases down cars and trucks that are driving on a highway, and then he attempts to pull the guy out of his vehicle. I mean, I've seen him. Alex posted a video trying to pull a guy out of a vehicle. It was insane. So I'm sure it was practical. I'm sure it was something that I had to do. I don't know. All right. Speaking of practicalities and speaking of, well, if you're like me, you'll find yourself in certain situations while you're driving. Let me go over this little circumstance with you. See where you play into it. You ever come up over the hill? You're on the highway. You got 
three or four lanes, you're good, you're rolling along. But you see a tail light that turns to a brake light, then another one, and then another one, and you're over in the left-hand lane, and suddenly you get slammed with bumper to bumper. You look over the guy to the right, but the other guys next to him seem to be moving more. And the lane at the very farthest just is flying by. Nobody's even slowing down or stopping. You find yourself in the lane that everybody's merging into from a wreck. You're in the left-hand lane. What do you do, Mark? Do you try and push your way over to the right? Do you stay in the lane and just sit there and, and whatever, I'm going to get on my phone and just blow 15 to 20 minutes while I wait? Or do you get really pissed off at the people over in that far lane that just seem to get to fly all the way up and they never even stop? Maybe you're even the guy that's in the truck that starts to push themselves over into the other lanes to keep people from passing. So, Mark, you're in the left-hand lane. You found yourself in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic. You got a wreck up ahead. What are you doing? Are you chilling? Or are you trying to get over? Or are you mad as hell and you're cussing everybody as they go by? Yeah, so so when I was younger, like first driving out, I was like, okay, that lane's more efficient. I'm going to go to that lane. And then what would happen to me, my luck, is what I would do is I would get into that lane, and then that becomes a slow lane. And then the lane that I was in becomes a fast lane, right? So now I'm still young, right? So I try to fight my way to the other one, and then all of a sudden, that's a slow lane now, right? So I got older, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to I'm gonna sit here now, and I'm going to just chill, man. I'm just going to just ride it out. I'm going to stay here. People want to come into my lane? Sure, man. Come on in. Just, just come and chill. It's going to be a nice time. But that's, that. yeah, man. I, I've been burned too many times by that, man. Just I hang out and chill, huh? Yep, that's it for me. Hang out and chill. Mark, what about you? I wasn't here for the question. Ah, damn it, Mark. <laughs> All right, catch up later. I'll try and come back. All right, Mark. Mac. Oh, man, Google Maps is a savior over here, especially today when it was raining. People were just don't know how to drive in the rain over here. Um, but typically, like around 5 o'clock, uh, there's a there's an exit to go to Wattis, and that backs up traffic for about two to three miles, so you got to be careful with that. And you come over the bridge, you come over the, the ramp and the hill and you get stuck in it and you either have to get off the freeway and get in traffic on the Peter Road or... Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We all have that. So you're over in that lane. Are you chilling? Or are you trying to push yourself over? Or are you pissed off at the people that get, get to fly by? Oh, no, man. I'm getting off the freeway. Getting off the freeway for sure. <laughs> you're trying way. to push your way over because you got stuck in the left lane. The exit's over to the right. So you're the guy that's got their blinker on going from one lane to the next to try and get over? Not even the blinker, just getting in there. <laughs> Not even. Yeah, I think that's going to be cooking with Nick, too. He's the guy that's just going to push his way <laughs> over. I think so. That's hilarious. All right. Cooking with Nick, what about you, man? Are you pushing your way over? Are you pissed off? Or are you just chill and calm? I stay in my lane or the lane next to me. I'm not going to try and merge like four lanes over. That's too much stress. There's too many moving parts at, at little speeds. And, and I don't know. It, for some reason, that's just really stressful to me. But I'm going to stay in that left lane. And if that right lane starts moving really fast for like 30 seconds, okay, I'll hop in to get like a few car lengths ahead. Hop back in. Maybe it's moving faster. But yeah, I'm, I'm sticking to either you know, just these two lanes. I'm, I'm not hopping four lanes over. Um, 
but you're at least trying to hop back and forth so yeah that's actually like maybe a an an alternative way of going about it what about you mr hein are you getting the traffic you're in that left lane do you try and force yourself over in the big truck or are you just chilling well so in 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 my area we don't have traffic but i did drive in atlanta la Houston for two ungodly years. I learned in Houston, stay in the middle lane and chill. Um, and just chill out. Just chill. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna cruise by everybody. Yeah. Houston, Texas was the worst traffic I've ever seen in my life. Chicago, Atlanta, LA. I I just learned just stay in the middle lane. And, you know, it's kind of where I am politically. I just stay in the middle lane. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. All right, Joe Clean, you probably have a bit of traffic over there. Uh, I know it's not Atlanta. Mike, I'm with you, man. Atlanta traffic is insane. But some people say Tampa traffic is worse. None and of it compares I to I have LA. seen... I have seen some parts of uh, Tampa that it's four or five lanes wide and the interstate looks locked up for literally miles and miles and miles on end. And it was like, Oh my word. I'm so glad I'm not on that. Like I have had to move around Tampa and try to get off of those and stay away from that traffic. Joe clean. You find yourself in the left lane. There's a wreck. Everybody's merging into the left lane. Are you trying to force yourself over to the right lane? Are you chilling in the left lane or are you just pissed off? Okay. When you started talking, I heard Tampa straight off the bat. That's Tampa traffic all day long. You can come over a hill from flying to a dead stop. I have learned how to shift lanes in my braking. I will come from the far right lane to the left lane. Uh, 275 and I-4, I don't care what time of the day you make that junction because the way they laid out that highway, it's stuck so bad and people slow down to almost 25 miles an hour just to go around the curve because of how the hill is into the turn now me you ever seen that one um climbing thing where the thing goes like this shoot shoot so you grab one it pulls you up as the other one goes down and soon as this one about to come down this one is going up so i grab a hold of that one and go up so i'm in and out of traffic as the lane like if this was moving I get in here. As soon as this about to stop, slow down, I will move all the way. That's over. the cooking with Nick. Yeah. Yeah. You go back and forth. <laughs> I'm shifting. I'm shifting. Yeah. Long. Good call. Good call. Good These call. So you're not a chill, but you're not upset. You're a, no. I'm going to figure out how to get my way and weave and bob my way through this here as fast as I can. I bet you Lucas is like that, too. I bet you no. Lucas is like that. Actually, I'm not. I, w- I used to be. I used to be. But my grandpa, who used to drive truck for like 40 years, drove a semi, he told me one time that whenever there's an accident up ahead, but you don't know which lane or lanes are blocked, you'll notice that all the semis are either in one or two lanes. And he said, get behind those semis because they're the ones talking on the CB radio. Mm -hmm. So there's someone way up ahead that knows which lane is open and they're telling all the semis behind them getting Mm -hmm. all the way to the right or all the way to the left. And that's the travel lane that's going to do the best. So I always find which one has all the semis hop in that lane. And it usually gets me past people pretty quick. Yep. Great idea. Great idea. That's cool. All right, Derek. 
Lucas, I don't say my dad's a truck driver. So uh, when I was younger, we used to, when we go on vacation, he used to bring a CB radio in the van <laughs> just so he could talk to the truckers when we, he'd be like, he had a call sign and everything. And he doesn't do it no more, but when I was younger, but we do the same thing. Accident, he would get on the CB. So I, I'm the kind of guy that I'll just find the trucks or I'll stay in one lane and just kind of just crawl. I don't try to weave all in between people. It's like, you know, I'll, I'll but I'm also the kind of driver that will look, I'm not just looking straight ahead. I'm kind of still looking beyond everyone else. And if you see, you know, that there's an accident in the, in, say, the left lane or the right lane, I'll be like, I'll start getting over already so that by the time I get up to it, I'm usually okay. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm probably more like Joe Clean in the part of when I'm coming up to it and I'm seeing these brake lights, I'm doing my best to try and navigate which way I want to go. And I generally try and go to the outside. I do my best to try and figure out how I can get to that outside lane. Alex, are you back with us, man? I know you, you're around and about. Are you Are you live with us? I don't think so, yeah. I think he's got his video on, but I don't think he's got his, uh, his audio on. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. All right, so I found myself doing this, and I found myself, Joe Clean, as I was braking, realizing which lane I need to go to. and. I picked the right lane because mm -hmm. I thought, okay, if there's a wreck and I started seeing all these cars, I go, okay, I'm going to hop over the right-hand lane. And I know that I could probably exit up here. Like Mac was saying, right? Like generally you can think, okay, I could probably exit up this way sometime. Well, I'm over in that right lane and listen, I'm flying past everybody. I see blinkers, everybody trying to get over into this lane. My like, cool. I get it. I, I'm usually, if I'm over there on the other lane, I'm upset at the people, right. That are flying by that are all trying to merge in. Right. Like, cause you start getting closer to that merge and then everybody's trying to jump in. Right. And if you've been chilling in the left lane, when they all start trying to push themselves in, you're like, damn it. I've been waiting 30 minutes. You can wait. Well, I found myself being the guy in the right lane, just flying past everybody, but I'm going, listen, I'm going to exit. So it's okay. Well, I get up to the wreck right before the exit and somebody that was in this other lane was trying to get over and I left this big giant gap. What do you do? What do you do, Mark? Do you take the gap and you go cut everybody off because you got a chance to just bypass 30 minutes of traffic and you just cut over and go? Or do you do what you thought you should do when you originally started out and just go over to the right lane and finish off exiting and go on. I turned my Chevy cruise into race car mode and I'm going through it. <laughs> <laughs> Does Chevy cruise have a sport mode? Does it have that like downshift sport mode? Yeah. But the engine just screams for its life the entire time. <laughs> it's That's awesome. That's awesome. Mac, what about you? Yeah, man, I'm taking that gap. I'm lapping on the entire way saying later suckers. Not me today. No, no gives a, no concern. Don't care. Just taking nope, it. I'm getting out. Yep. Mr. Hine. Oh, we got to unmute you. you um, <clears throat> I'm staying in my lane. Taking the exit. Uh, Just finishing out, taking the exit. Not yeah, going I'm, for it. I'm staying in my lane. I, you know, I, I don't. Part of the reason I live here is because I don't have to deal with traffic, you know? Okay. I'm with you. I don't blame you. I Listen, Tulsa is usually pretty chill. We usually don't have a lot of traffic. It's yeah. very rare that we do. But 
if you start cutting people off to get in front of people, that's when here in the Midwest, people start getting a little bit antsy, right? Like you got the big cities. I know Tampa's this way, Joe clean, right? Like you can just cut people off and people just merge and they free flow. I know when we were in Orlando, people were cutting off and merging right at the stoplights and we were going, what the hell's going on? Y'all can't do this. And, but everybody there's like, listen, that's the way you drive. You just cut people off. You just merge into the lanes. Joe clean. If you got a chance to merge in and you thought you were going to exit, but you see a gap, do you take the gap and jump it? I take the gap. <laughs> it's every man for themselves. It's a no fault uh, state here, man. So <laughs> you- no fault state. <laughs> oh, God. If that's the gap, that means you gave it to me. That's unspoken. (laughs) Well, that's hilarious. Lucas, taking the gap or taking the exit? Exit. Oh. Why? Yeah. Well, because it seems easier and less work. (laughs) But it's gonna take you longer to get to your destination because you're yeah, but I it's a mental thing for me. If I cannot stand the idea of being on the way to somewhere and not moving at the speed with which I want to travel. If I can get off and at least be moving just mentally for me, even if it realistically isn't going to take as less time. But the gaps at the end, you've passed everybody. There's no more waiting. You can cut yeah, everybody off and just go to the promised land. That's not how I, our, our highways ain't <laughs> like that here in, in West Michigan. We, we have two speeds here in West Michigan. If you're on the freeway, you're either stopped or you're doing 15 over. And there's no in between. So the gaps are like, and everyone tailgates around here too. So your gaps are going to be about eight inches on a, on a good day. So I'm just taking the exit. Cause I know these roads, like I used to Uber drive around here. So I know every road from here all the way down to South to Kalamazoo and up North to Sparta. So I, I know my way. So everybody's there's eight inches. Correct. <laughs> well, <laughs> I knew assault Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, Joe. I wish. <laughs> Derek, what about you, man? You taking that exit or are you taking the Tacoma and giving a little gas and bumping them back over to the lane and cutting people off? Well, I'm probably going to take the exit because I hate the people that do that. So I don't want to be that guy. Right. I There's that guy. I see those people, they'll put their signals on like they're going to get yeah, off. That's Joe Clean. That's Joe Clean, that guy. And, you, and you're, those are the people you're waiting for the cop to come get them. Like the cop will pull out and get them real quick, but you wait and wait. And then they'll, right when you're about to go, all of a sudden they'll cut in front of you real fast where you're like, little, you got to stop or you're going to hit them. And I, around me, it's usually people from like New York City, not New York State, but usually New York City that do that shit. Well, they'll, they'll come right in. And I'm just like, God damn, like, I won't be that guy. So I'll just take the exit. And then, like, Lucas, I just, I want to just keep moving. I can see Derek being the reason that so many people in New York area have been like this fucking guy. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Uh, That's hilarious. All right. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about ceramic coating prep, the importance of it, whether it's more important than the application. And we talked about then, whether or not you're going to chase certain things during the prep. If you run into some water spots, how do you chase a water spot? What do you look for? What do you go after? Let's now go into the application of a ceramic coating. And so let's go over a couple little things and listen, there's no right or wrong answer to these guys, right? It's, it's literally what's your process. How do you do it? 
and uh, what's your go-to? What's your what's your process like? Okay, so let's talk through it. This is a thing that Ed, listen, everybody varies on. So once again, you take your choice. Let's go with the lighting first. Okay, the lighting when you're installing a ceramic coating. Are you the type of guy that wants the lighting to be? And listen, whether it's Listen, some mobile guys will have really intricate lightings that they'll put up into a canopy and a tent, or they'll set up intricate lighting in somebody's garage, or you're a shop guy that just loves those. And listen, some of those are super cool, the way they've got these massive designs, like octagon-looking type things all over their ceilings. Listen, I was at a, uh, I was at a guy's shop years ago that it, he had such a cool – it was a paint booth that he had bought from a, uh, a body shop that was upgrading their paint booth. So he basically stole this paint booth at a great rate, put this intricate lighting around inside of it, but did such a cool job that his logo shot downwards reverse so that when he was taking pictures, his logo showed up on the hood of the car, right? Super awesome that all the work that it took to do all that. And then I've seen people that go, nah, I don't really need many lights. Just give me a little, you know, whether it's a headlamp, whether it's a, you know, a, a, a light that you hold in your hands or whether it's one that sits on the floor. Listen, I just need one. I just need a little light. That's all I need. Okay. So this varies, completely varies. Mark, you guys, are you all into the intricate lighting? Are you into all the cool shit or you go, nah, I just need just a small little light. I don't need much. Man, if we could afford that intricate lighting, that'd be great. Man. But unfortunately it don't work like that with everyone, huh? <laughs> for, for, for us though, we like, we like the few indirect lighting for, mm -hmm. for coding application and for checking for high spots, uh, curing all that. We need indirect lighting. Direct lighting doesn't really show everything for us. Yeah, it it's but yeah, for me it's it depends on the vehicle too. I mean, some like if it's like a like a yellow car or a white car, you you can't see the coating sometimes in direct uh, direct light. So so yeah, it really just depends. All and, right. So guys, appreciate you using those words. Let's define them out a little bit for people that are listening that might not understand. What is an indirect light? Lights that are not direct. <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead, Jason. <laughs> Hey, the, you know, the reflection of the bulb in the in the paint that that's usually how you would spot swirls right is you would find the bulb in the paint and you would focus on that that that's what we would call direct lighting is looking for that but what we try to do is use the the light that's bouncing off of a certain surface in our garage and we would check for that reflection in the paint have you found a certain type of light that that would make sense for people to go look for uh the so uh harbor freight has a really good is that what you mean like where to get no, i don't necessarily mean companies but i i mean i i'm guessing i'm looking for something that's got a cover over the main light or oh. that has a lot of different lights that's diffusing in a certain way if i'm no. thinking lights and i want to think of a light that is not direct like a, a headlamp or mm -hmm. something i'm holding mm -hmm. what should i be thinking then if i'm looking for a light that's indirect well, well the, the, it, I don't think for, for us, but we prefer, it doesn't matter what kind of light it is. It matters where you're pointing that light. Mm -hmm. So if you can bounce that off of a wall or if you can bounce that off of a flat surface that you can see in the paint, 
that's how we would use our lighting. It can be any kind of type of lighting. Yeah. Yeah, so okay, we'll, there you go. Thank you for clarifying. Cool. Like a like a tip for like a mobile guy would be like a like a clear like a poster board that you can get at the dollar store um, that you would use like for like school projects. You can use that too. So if you're mobile, I don't know, angle it so where like the sun's hitting it, and then look at the paint through that, or hold like if you have like a big uh, light, shine it on that. Um, if you're not home based or shop based. Okay, there you go. That's cool. Cool idea. Mac, uh, what about you, man? What's your lighting situation like? Well, if I'm not doing that, Mark and Jesse's, um, I'm, I, if I'm doing a mobile, like last week I did a, uh, a T-Rex. Um, I was basically just using the lights that were in, inside the garage with the iridescent lights. Um, and I borrowed a scan grip from Mark and Jesse. Um, and I was kind of using the, instead of using it directly on the, on the pin surface, I was kind of holding it to, a, to an angle and looking at it from the side to see if I missed any high spots or anything like that. Okay, cool. Thanks. Looks like cooking with Nick is uh, stepped away for a little bit. No, he's back. Cooking with Nick. What about you, man? What's your lighting situation like? What do you do? What's ooh, are you uh, hold it in your hand? Are you uh, put something on the ground? Are you you like a real intricate lighting? Well, what's your situation? Uh, for starters, I'll, I'll use the lighting in the room. You know, I want enough lighting to see what I'm doing, of course. I have a scan grip light bar. So as soon as I, I lay the coating and I, I do that initial wipe off with the light that's in the room, I'll go over it again with the light bar and look for any high spots. As soon as I know that there's no high spots in the area I've just coated, move on to the next section, repeat the process to the whole car's coated. Okay, cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Mr. Hahn? So I've spent a lot of time dealing with this. Nick, Nick Walters and I have talked a lot about this months ago. What I did is I took lighting, uh, Home Depot Husky lighting, and I put that up in several areas in my shop. And then, so for that works great for coding. But for or that works great for correction and and enhancement. I then got a brainstorm to diffuse that light so I could see it better. Whether I'm using a coating like yours that sweats versus a coating that will rainbow. I know I knew I needed diffused lighting. So what I did is I went on Amazon and I bought a bunch of plexiglass um white diffused plexiglass and i started playing with the different plexiglass and then guys i'm a carpenter before i'm a um detailer so my mind thinks differently i'm always looking for a hack that i can make it better without spending a lot of money so i ended up with sounds like a detailer my god yeah I, I ended up with a uh, an opaque um, white diffuser, and then I took round magnets that I ordered from um, Amazon, and I stuck them on my Husky lighting. And when I'm correcting paint, the diffusers I'm on. When I'm coating, I just reach up and put all these diffusers on my on my lights 
and that allows me to see whether I'm rainbowing or sweating, depending on which coating I'm using. And it's it's proven to work out really good. It's 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 proven to work out a really good system. That's awesome, man. Wow. Uh, great suggestion. The diffuser, in a sense, is a little bit, Mark, what you and Jesse were talking about, right? Like some way of, yeah. of having indirect light, but maybe this is a little bit more of a, a, a way to make indirect light? Yes. Would you say that diffuse light is a little bit different than indirect? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because you're, you're, you're diffusing from the source, right, when you use a diffuser like that. Um, the way that we use it, we'll just point the light at another surface and use the reflection off of that. But I mean, in, in theory, I think it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, but it is different the way you guys perform the, basically, like we say, detailing is, a, is, is an artistic expression, right? So in a sense, you guys are just using a different style of stroke while you're painting, right? Like. But you're still doing the same thing, so that's that's pretty cool. So we've now got direct, indirect light. We've got diffused light. This is getting really interesting. You know who's going to make it even more interesting? I bet coming from mobile detail, still doing mobile detail, but also having the shop that you just built out, Mr. Joe Clean. What's lighting look like for you installing ceramic coatings? I have a bright, bright, bright shop. When the Amazon got some 10 foot strips, was what they were 49, 149 for a 10 pack, and I got two of them. What are and those? Got, LED? Yeah, the LED strip lights. I just throw them across the ceiling. And they, my, how do they? So let me give me, mm -hmm. let me, because I've seen those and I've always been curious. Are they like uh, that double sided tape on one side and that's how you stick them on? Or how do you put those on? So it's actually in a housing. So it has metal aluminum backing and the strip light, like I have up under my counter, it, you know, what you put up on your, the, the little Ikea strip lights, they look like that. And they're inside a clear housing. And all I do is put them up on the ceiling. So I had an electrician come and run me a straight line and just kept tapping into them, but they actually can tap into each other up to 10, 10 uh, links of 10, basically one, two, three, and plug it in one time, low energy. So my shop is super bright. So uh, the super brightness is for when I'm taking pictures after it's done and give it that candy look, you know, it's just bright and it's coated. But that indirect, I got an indirect slash direct light. I got a Husky and I would turn off all my lights in the shop and I have one light in the corner. It's pointed at the car, but you know, if you're, you have the little flashlight, you can see the actual circle and you see the, the, the spider web look where it's following the bulb. I just take it all the way back there and it actually lights up the whole side of the car. And I just stay out of the way with my shadow and I just follow it. I just, I just take out all, yeah, take out all the, the swirls, scratches and everything that I'm getting paid for. And I just work my way that way. And I go on the other side of the car and do the same thing. I turn off all my lights, depending on how bad the car is. But if it's just a one step on a car that's brand new, oh, I leave on the lights and I just use my eyes. Okay, we'll that's you like you said one step or correction that type, but applying the coating though. Okay. Oh shoot. Same. Yeah. Okay. So applying the coating, I have twenty five years. Even though I'm forty one, I can see the difference between a. I don't care if it's white, or color car. I keep my lights on, and I coat the car, and I do it at a time, 
and I can actually feel the coding if it's still on there. It's a, it's so many different things that's going through my head while I'm coding, which I use to take off a of coding. So I don't use a light or anything. I just keep my lights on in the shop. I so, do a whole so just regular lighting. So for yes. you, I, I guess in your answer is just normal lighting, like you got regular lighting inside your shop. Is that those strip lights of the LED that you talked about earlier? Yeah. Remember, I told you I love doing glass. I love doing windows. It's the same concept. I can put tire dressing on the paint and wipe it out. And I can actually see the fingerprints in paint. I don't know. It's so weird, but I try to train that way. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Cool. All right. So no indirect, direct light, none of that, nothing side. You're just using the lighting that's in your shop, which is the Amazon LED stick together, and you can link it across. Yes, sir. Got that's it. it. Lucas. So I just... um a couple of weeks ago upgraded to the Amazon lights. I still have the halogen um, warm light way up above, but I got like an 18 foot ceiling in my shop right here. So these, these do really well for like, All the right. you said a word that we haven't heard before. <laughs> halogen. Halogen. Yeah. They're the, the big long bulbs that are full of glass and they cast a warm light. Yeah. Think I government. Love, so yeah. With my eyes, I'm with you, man. I love halogen and not very many. Most people like the LEDs. They like the look that that comes off. I love halogen. I love using a halogen light while I'm working. So I just upgraded the walls in my shop all the way around with uh, 12 of the Amazon LED light strips, but they're not, they're not clear. They're, they're diffused housing. So they're like, uh, if you've ever seen matte PPF on a white car, that's kind of what the, the housing looks like, that the bulb phases out. So they're not super bright, but they cast a really wide angle that's nice and soft, and it's cold light. And they work really, really good for finding high spots because uh, my test before the lights was uh, finish it in here, do as best I could, make it look good, and then pull it out and see what it looks like in a cloudy day. But I don't always get cloudy days, so this this has been very nice. It's as close to a cloudy day in here now as I can tell, because I've always I, I've done cars in here before using my super bright LEDs pointed every which way, because I got white walls, so it, it casts pretty nice off the white walls. And I've used all the lights in here that I had that were bright for paint correction to do coatings, and it'll look perfect in every way. And then I'll pull it outside to take pictures of it, and it's cloudy, and I'll see a high spot here, I'll see a streak there, I'll see a high spot down here, but then it gets sunny all that'll disappear so it's important to like double triple quadruple check while you're still in that window of being able to you know wipe off or even just a little yeah rub, yep. rub with some spit on a microfiber you know yeah, i have no yeah. idea what you're talking about you spit on <laughs> microfibers and then you rub the car with it I've, I've well you know yet. when you're when you're 30 feet away from the shop and you got the microfiber in your hand and you're Listen, trying dude, to I've done the... it in the shop, so it's okay. Oh, yeah. like, okay. <laughs> that has to be 30 feet away. That's why the joke is like, what? You spit on a towel? No way. Hey, spit <laughs> is just a really, really na all natural enzyme cleaner. That's all you got to tell. That's all you got to say. <laughs> if you had enough True. that you could spit on carpets, it'd be a great cleaner. Oh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Derek, what about you, man? What's your lighting situation like as a mobile guy? I think, right, you do the 
you do the headlamp is that what it is you also do the handhold or what's what's your lighting like so i was doing the uh, headlamp for a while um i just kept getting the charge the damn thing the battery so i ended up switching over to um the handheld little um uh basically just full finder light um and then i ended up just recently picking up two uh the ryobi little battery powered ones little lights they don't they have the single led in the center but then it's like they have the newer one has like a couple lights on it, but it's a, it's more of a, a, a floodlight instead of a direct light. So they're designed to like set like at a work site and then they, they cast a pretty big um, uh, pattern. So the one I got, you can run on a battery or you can plug it in so you can use either one. So usually what I'll do is I'll have two batteries charged up. I'll use that and I'll set them up and I'll like kind of Joe was saying, I'll kind of angle them so that it's not directly at the paint but it's kind of angled to the side so i can get like a nice floodlight kind of a soft light on the paint but i'll still have my my light in my hand so as i coat a panel or coat do one panel i'll go over the light usually on the edges to make sure i can push any coating over to too far on the edge that i haven't done yet and then as long as it checks out good you know i'll move the light as i go but um that's usually all i use now this is the two lights and then the handheld one i'm usually pretty good and then kind of like what Joe was saying, over at my parents' house, he's got those Amazon lights all connected on the one side of the garage. We have like 10 of them all one side. So when I do like uh, tomorrow, I got to do a car and we're going to do it there. Oh, okay. You're going to do it there, huh? Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a big pole barn. So my, my mom, my dad, they only use half of it. So I'm like, hey, dad, uh, he's like, yeah, no problem. I don't care. So I'm like, thanks, dad. So. Okay, cool. Well, it's a Joe, were you saying yeah. something? Joe, what is yeah. that? You still do it at your parents' house, even though you moved out? Uh, I live eight minutes away, so might as well. I think I that mean, was a different type of joke. No, no, no. <laughs> Man, my, I can't, my room, my old room has become the, the, the guest room now, so I can't even live. None of my stuff's in there. It would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> you and Luke is eight minutes, eight. <laughs> Go ahead. God damn, John. John from Brian Shine. Your mobile detailing. You're in Phoenix. You probably don't even have to worry about lights, right? Like you just use the sun. Or do you do lights? What do you do, man? You're applying coatings. What's your light situation like? A lot of it is direct sunlight just because I love it uh, every day. But usually when I'm in a garage that uh, is towards the evening, I'll usually do a soft light towards the bottom of the car. And I'll do a bright light on the top of the car. And then I have a little okay. plexiglass. Hold on, hold on, John. Hold on. Because nobody said that word yet. So what is what does soft light mean? What what does that mean to you? It's it's basically it looks like the, the lens, the lens has a, almost like a frost on it. It's it's not bright, it's a softer light. The diffused in a sense, what other people have used Correct. that word. And, got it. Correct. So yeah, some so type of diffuse soft light. Yeah, one of those on the bottom and then the clear bright as hell on the top. And then I have a uh, plexiglass. What is that, a, like a light on a stand, like an LED light or, or what? Yep, yep, straight LED. That's just bright as heck. Um, and then I have a uh, little... Uh, white plexiglass that one side is a flat white and one side is a shiny white and it shows differently on streaks and high spots and low spots i don't have to use it very often because you know it's it's 
6.30 my time right now and the sun's still up, I can still check a car out. So I just don't have to work uh, very long. I mean, I usually, I love the sunlight more than anything else because it'll actually show me everything. But the, the when I do have to do it, I use a soft light on the bottom and a bright as hell light on the top. But you're, this is like, I'd love these discussions because we're hearing so many different things that people can use. We've heard hold a, uh, a poster board, right? And now, you, you yep. know, we're all, we've also now heard you're holding a plexiglass. Mike said that he puts a magnet system together that the plexiglass goes and sits up. Like, this is all great information. What, do, how do you hold a plexiglass? Like, where are you holding that? How are you holding plexiglass? What are you doing? You're just, you're just holding it. It's not very big. I, I got it, you know, about the size of a, a little cutting board so I can actually just look at it directly and, and kind of follow when I'm walking back through. Cause usually that's when things are missed is usually right on the edges and the creases. So usually I'm just kind of walking and look at it because that soft light will show it and it'll just be like, Ooh. And then I think I see it and then I'll turn it around to the shiny side of the white. And then sure enough, right there it is. Um, so it's just very, very easy to miss sometimes, but yeah. Okay. All right. I like it. I, I, I think what Lucas said is, is cool too. There's no doubt that for, for me, I, I love doing, and we, we weren't even really talking about checking your high spots, doing your final walk around what your lighting should be like. I was thinking more of the application, but Lucas, as you talked about, you know, lighting on the, the walk around and we've talked diffuse lighting, we're, we're holding things, Listen, I love cloudy days or at our location, we have this breezeway. So it's always shaded. And there's just there. It maybe that's the thing that people can think of for diffuse lighting, some way of creating not direct, but still having light around because you can see that shadow of the hot. It's not even just the high spot. Sometimes you guys ever seen those shadows? where it's not a full high spot. It's almost like less product, but it's deeper and it's, it's just this shadow look to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So though, that's a great way of trying to find those because whether I've used my shop light that's up top, that's mounted and is, you know, full plumbed electric, or if I've used, I use something similar also, Derek, the, uh, you, you know, the light that's got that cover on it, from Ryobi that's got the battery connected to it. That's what other people are calling diffuse lighting. And I've used halogen lighting. Like I said, I love halogen, but the best way to find some of those shady stuff that you're not always seeing is to get in underneath some shade from the direct sun, whether it's clouds or whether it's some type of tree or something Yet we used to sometimes drive away from our shop because we didn't have a way to do it except to go across the street or down the street and get underneath a tree. And getting underneath a tree is a great way of being able to find those. So, yeah, great ideas, guys. I, I love that discussion. All right, let's go over before we get – I it, listen, let's, let's do one more quick one. And then we'll get to the tab out, right? Like that one took a bit, but that was really cool. I almost want to go straight to the tab out. But before we do, let's do, let's do one real quick thing. And this is just a quick one, right? Like, all right, we did lightings while we're applying. But what about the rest of the surroundings? How important is the rest of the surroundings? Because there's been 
things that I've read in groups, people have made posts or even people have done podcasts that I've listened to. And they're like, listen, you, you can't have any dust. There can never be any airflow. You can never have anything going on. You actually have to have a full controlled environment. And there's some people believe that like you have this pure room that has, well, it's specialized. I've been in one shop that it literally, it was so cool. Everything that this guy put in, I think just this one room, I think he said he called it his clean room. I think he said it took him almost $20,000 just to build out this room. And it had its own HVAC. It was a clean room, right? Super pristine. How important is that? Because a mobile detailer might go, hey, I got dust blowing all the time. There's always wind going. We're not in a controlled environment. Our, our air fluctuates a lot. So environment, conditions, how important are they to you, Mark? What do you deal with? Let's do it a real quick one because we're, we're kind of getting to the ready for that tab out. So, you know, how important are your conditions? You need it pristine? Are you good being able to work out in the environment and everything's flowing? Uh, it, we're, we're in El Paso, Texas, man. We're right in the middle of the desert. And you can't get away from the dust. You, you can do everything that you can, but it's always going to be there, man. So we, we do the best we can to get it as clean as possible. But at the end of the day, it's going to happen and we just deal with it, man. But the, the biggest thing for us is keeping our floors clean, like, oh, like yeah. moving all of our stuff out of the way so that we can work yeah. mentally and physically that we're still trying to work on. But before we start coding, we clean all, we get all the polishers out of the way. We get all of our, our chairs out of the way. Um, we get our towels ready in a set place. We put our gloves on and we get to work, but it's got to be organized in the shop before we even start coding process. Cool. Yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Jesse. Cool. Mm -hmm. Mac? Yeah, I'm in El Paso too. So, you know, the dust, the dust is everywhere. Uh, there's no escaping, especially doing mobile and, and somebody else's garage, especially if they don't have a, a sealed garage. Um, it, it makes it really tr uh, tricky, but like, like Jesse said, um, just having a, a workspace that that's clean around you makes everything so much easier in case you need to get somewhere quick or you need to run to the other side of the shop to get something and pick something up. Um, that makes everything so much easier. Love it. Cooking with Nick, you got an update on the food? What's it look like? Got the rice. I had to start it a little late, so it's in progress. <laughs> so shrimp's not in yet. No update on the whole thing yet. That'll be later. But, um, but you're chomping down on something, though. Yeah, you had to have a little break in between, huh? Had to I'm have a little, it, little appetizer, did you? Yeah. Um, for coatings, I definitely prefer a controlled environment. If I'm doing a family member's car, it's usually going to be at my aunt's garage at a lake house down in Winchester. You would have come see it, but COVID happened. Um that's my preferred place to do things. It's a really wonderful air, like air conditioned garage that has really great LED lighting just because they got money and they, they have that in the garage just because, um, whatever. I prefer to do things like I prefer to do coatings there. Um, cause it's all controlled and I know what to expect <laughs> and it's a really, it's a clean place, but if it's a friend's car and I'm, and I, and I have to do it here, um, it'll be outside. Um, 
dust flying everywhere. So I know how to do both, but yeah, I'll definitely prefer as controlled of an environment as I can get. Cool. Thanks, man. Mr. Hine, you're the carpenter. You're the guy that loves to build out shops. You really built out a beautiful one for yourself. I imagine you're going to go on the side of, it really doesn't matter. You can just have whatever, right? Um, no, you're going to go with the having, environment. Having, ah, yeah. Ha, yeah. Having built several clean rooms and hospitals and everything else. My shop is all set up very boutique-y. Um, for a customer experience. So for example, tonight, or I have a car coming in Friday to detail over the weekend. It's a fairly good size detail. Tonight, I, you know, I got home from work at, th at four and spent till seven full out. You know, I had a detail last weekend, so I totally cleaned my shop head to bottom got on my hands and knees, wash baseboards. You know, my shop is set up with different. Hey, Mike, uh, Derek just messaged me. Did you use knee pads? Yes, I did, Derek. <laughs> I just, I just, I just, I just bought a um, new set of Huskies that I really like. Um, so, you know, I mean, my shop is very sterile. Um you know, and just because I'm a sterile freak, my construction sites, you know, that I manage are sterile. Um, I'm a clean freak. So I'm all prepped for my, my guy to show up um, Friday morning or Friday afternoon. Um, and meet me and go through the whole experience. My shop is set up for an experience. Um, and, you know, I'm a little probably too anal retentive. You know, my wife was giggling at me tonight, um, you know, as I'm on my hands and knees washing baseboards, cleaning up walls, you know, and, and I have Swiss tracks race decks in my in my shop for floor i was mopping it i was vacuuming it yeah i get pretty anal about it um maybe above and beyond what's actually needed but i don't i you know at 65 i know what problems are so i do everything i can to avoid them in the long run it's all about nice. the big picture to me. Nice. I, uh, Mike, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of great job, man. There's no way I go. I just, you and I, this is where you and I are completely different. right? Like, <laughs> I'm not that way. I would never get down to my hands and knees and clean a shot. I just, I never would do. I just, it never would cross my mind to ever go that far into it. So I, that's what I love about the community, right? Like that's what makes it so much fun because everybody's got their own unique way of doing things. We all get to tell people the way that like, I would never do that, Mike. It would never absolutely like we do mop, we do clean, but yeah, not to that level, man, ever. Yeah, my my every cabinet, every all my garage door tracks, 
my garage door openers, everything was clean tonight. Every top, bottom, That's you could crazy. go. You know, you could go in my shop and lick anything, and good. it's gonna <laughs> taste good. <laughs> Long no you know, I, I said to I said to my wife tonight, I said my shop smells delicious. And she just looked at me and she goes, okay, sweetheart. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> there, there. There, there. <laughs> okay, sweetheart. <laughs> That's awesome, Mike. Thanks so much, man. All right, uh, you. Joe Clean, you, you've got a pretty nice clean shop, too. Are you Are you that in-depth? Do you, you get down there and clean the baseboards? Is that is that your style? I don't have baseboards, but I do get on my hands and knees sometimes and wipe my race deck. Um, mop, some mop. When I mop, it doesn't take off some of the stubborn stains. So I do it in sections. So, yeah, I sometimes get on my hands and knees. Um, <laughs> my environment for coding, like I, I used to watch people, these guys, like right when I visit shops, they got the humidifier. It got to be a certain temperature and everything for them to use the coding. And all I remember when I was at Justin Lobato, Marty Hill came in there with some flip-flops. You can do this as a mobile detailer. Man, when I tell you that's the best thing that could ever happen to me with coatings, as long as my doors are closed and my shop, I don't have dust in here, man, I just coat. I don't care about the humidifier or none of that. I let it sit for at least two to three hours. I'll send it or it'll go the next day. So no, my area doesn't have to be clean. But like the fella said, my buffers got to be moved out of the way, my chairs, set up my towels, because I can leave stuff laying around like crazy. But I just had to clean my shop yesterday. My wife had to come help me because it was trashed. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Dude, Joe Clean, I love that, man. We used to actually, I created a uh, hashtag flip-flop detailer for a long time because, <laughs> dude, I've always loved wearing flip-flops. Listen, people go on TikTok and they're like, hey, you know, what What shoes do you wear? I always hit, you know, flip-flops, man. Is there anything else? Like, absolutely. I've loved flip-flops always clock. because, listen, you get your feet wet nonstop as a mobile detailer washing stuff. So you might as well just have flip-flops on so your socks aren't wet and your shoes aren't wet. Yeah, Mike, right? Like, absolutely have always loved flip-flops. Going over the past years through my spinal stenosis, man, I barely get to wear flip-flops any. I, I wore some for a little bit this weekend, man, and it it just it's too hard on me. I I, I miss flip-flops so much. I miss them so much. Catch Mark in the Crocs. I just got bold enough to stop wearing my feet. Huh? So my situation. As a kid, I always hit my feet. So bold enough to what? To start showing my feet. Oh. Yeah, it's one of those things. So I wore steel toe boots all my life, bro. You so. got those toes that do this? Oh, mine do that. I, I can't show people my feet. I get yelled at. Like, put those away. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a screenshot if you show them. No. No, no, no. No. Oh. I'm going to cost us $19.99 a month. I'm not showing mine. I'm not showing you mine. Mine are effed up. I was like, everyone's like, what the hell, Derek? This episode has gone in a whole new direction. Yeah, we should have to the seat. Y'all got to show your feet before the end of the episode. Dude, like, we're going to get Porsche Paul in here taking a shower, looking no, in the mirror naked again, too. Like, hey, what are we was, doing here? I was a little worried. Yeah, yeah I was a little worried that worried. night, too. 
Like that got crazy. You All right, Lucas. Out. What about you, man? Paul, no. Uh well, <laughs> He's so, he can't talk. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, now I'm thinking about Derek's feet. <laughs> I uh <laughs> um <laughs> Was the question about shop cleanliness? I feel like that's where that went. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. how important are your toes during yeah. the ceramic coating application? All right. So, number one, <laughs> I sprayed wheel acid on my toes once wearing Crocs. And now I wear golf shoes when I detail. Oh. No, there's a reason for that. I love golf. And I've known for since I was on golf team. 90% of all golf shoes you get are completely waterproof. They're lightweight and the spikes keep the tread long, a long time. They're a little slippery if you sl step in some soap or degreaser, but mm. yeah, my dude. shop is Look, never on with like... you, man. I was on the eighth grade golf team. At hey, my Bird dude, middle school. So I just went we last go. night. <laughs> so, um, this is the only as... team I ever made. <laughs> <laughs> the only, uh, so I'm, I, I like shortcuts. I like uh, making things efficient and quickly. So my, my process for cleaning the shop is usually put things back where they go because my biggest pet peeve is when motherfuckers come in, come into my shop, whether it's friends or uh, people helping me for the day or whatever. If you take something from a spot, put it back where you found it. Because the thing that bugs me the most is needing something in a pinch and having to run and go grab it and it's not there. So everything has a place. That's number one pet peeve. Just put something back where it comes from and you'll never have an issue. Number two, when I clean my floors, the reason I have concrete floors and concrete walls in my shop is so that I can quick sweep, throw it in the trash, the, the debris, and then I take my electric Milwaukee leaf blower, pop the garage door open, and I blow out all the, the corners and the shelves and I just blow everything right out the back door. And then I take my pressure washer and I quick pressure wash the floor. And then I got a squeegee to shove it down out the door as well. And then uh, usually that keeps the shop looking brand new. You do that every time before ceramic coating? Oh, fuck no. I do that like once a month. If the floor, if it's like a really dirty car, there's a bunch of sand and garbage all over the floor. That's going to keep my like... Uh, my little stool with wheels on it and it's going to catch rocks and sand and stuff Ooh. that'll annoy me too. So then I'll back the car out around the corner and I'll quick blast uh pressure wash it down the drain and then pull the car back in so that it's a nice cleanish floor, but generally no. Yeah. I, I'm that way too. Like Mac, I think you said this and like well, I, we Oklahoma we're, we're, we're not exactly Texas, but, there is some environmental similarities. We do have moments where we don't have any wind movement at all. We do have some of those and that sucks because then it's hot and no wind at all. It gets really brutal, but generally yeah. we have a breeze, right? And it's generally always going. I remember when, uh, when I was playing baseball in college and we took a, uh, spring break trip we went down through texas and then we came back up through oklahoma and when we got out of the bus that's what all the players kept talking about was the the non-stop wind and the breeze that kept coming through once we got into oklahoma so we always have a lot of breeze generally 
that also means dust. I'm like you, Lucas, though, but I'd love to, I'd love to at least power wash the floor. I don't I need something about the floor. Like I can wipe stuff on while there's wind blowing, <laughs> but if I'm stepping on something, it just, there's something about that that makes me think wiping on doesn't quite work. So I, all right. So what I do is once I'm finished with the wash process, right on my final rinse, you know, there'll be all the, the debris there from the go. car sitting around there it. There you go. I'll quick take my pressure washer at the end of the rinse and just quick blast the shit underneath the car. And then I'll take my squeegee, my floor squeegee, and just shove the extra water under the car toward the floor drain. Because the car, my shop's only big enough for one, maybe two cars tops. So I'll just quick, the floor drain is almost always under the car. So I'll just squeegee the extra water right under the car and it just goes in the floor drain. And I've got usually a pretty clean floor. Oh, love it. Derek, mobile. I mean, it's always environment. You know, you got dust blowing outside, but you're in somebody's garage or hell, you might be under a tree in somebody's uh-huh. driveway. I've seen. Yep. There's some people that say you absolutely cannot apply a ceramic coating in those environments. What do you, what's your take? I've been doing it for ever since I started using your stuff. I've been doing it for years. It's just, it is what it is. As long as you have shade, you can get the pen. If you have to be like a panel wipe in between, if it gets a little bit of dust on it, but. I guess I've just been lucky. A lot of the cars that I'm doing I, that have access to the garage, and I'll just leave the door open usually because it's hot. I don't want to close it if they don't have AC in there. So as long as my stuff's in, and nothing's in the way, because I'm like, I'm like marking that where I'll put everything to the side so I'm not tripping on stuff. As long as I got enough room to get around the car, I'll make it work. And like I've, ne- I've done it and never had problems. It's like, even so, if, even if okay. I- so why do you think people are so concerned about dust then guys? Like it's a thing. Like there's people that are really concerned about wind blowing around. Do you, do you think that they, they imagine that if there's a particle of dust on the car, that it gets locked in with the coating? I, you, you think that's what it is? So I, I was going to say I had a, we had a customer come into the store that thought that. He was like, oh, well, it's going to get caught in the coating. And he was he was terrified, like, oh, my goodness. And I'm like, bro, like, no, like, you can do this outside. Like, it's definitely doable. But, you know, a little bit of dust isn't going to f- affect it. So you should you'd be OK. But there are people that are like, oh, God, it's got to be like, you know, paint proof, clean room, uh, the dehumidifier, the extra HVAC. And I'm just like, maybe the shop, but you can do it outside. You'll be OK. Or do you think that they think that that dust, as you go to wipe on the coating, that it's going to scratch the paint? Have you scratched? That's is that, Mark, is that what you think? Is that what some people talk about? What? What's well, the dust what, problem? That's what I'd be scared of. Because like here we get like dust storms, um, like dirt storms, basically. So like if we have the garage cracked a little bit, uh, you'll see like on the, like let's say like the back of a car, like actual dirt on the vehicle. Um, oh, wow. So there was one time where I was doing a Tacoma late at night and uh, it was hot in there. We, we didn't have any AC in there or anything. Um, and yeah, when we looked over with the light, we had like, we didn't know if it was like towel marks or from the coating application. Um, there were scratches all along the side of the vehicle, like in our, like in our white pattern. Yeah. yeah. And then, so we looked on the other side and it was dirt, like just starting, started to cling to the vehicle. So we had to polish that side out real quick and it was bad. <laughs> 
Yeah, El Paso gets pretty bad with the dust, the dirt storms, I should say. Dirt and sand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi, John. Yep. What about you out in Arizona? Do you you got dust? Or what's I mean? What's your concern with dust, or do you just don't care? What's What's your thoughts? Well, first and foremost, I don't give two shits. As long as it ain't raining, I don't care. Um, I've had to do it out in direct sunlight. I when it's dusty. Basically, what I do and I've learned is when I have to go panel by panel and do it, um, I take my blower literally right afterwards. And then I literally the final piece that I'll go around is I'll do my leaf blower right around it just in case any dust has gotten on it. If I have to do it out in the elements under the tent or out in the elements directly, um, and then I'll take literally um, because by the time I get around because of the heat, the way it cures it already by the time I get back to that same panel, it's already pretty much done its curing process to that first level then i'll take and either use an eco one and spray directly on the lag and just lightly just wipe it or i will literally just leave it and every single time i've just left it and blow dry it i've gone back the next day and the customer's been like this looks amazing and i've never had any issues because it doesn't it's it's not it's not tacky so nothing sticks to it and i've had cars literally um go through a dust storm you know minutes later after you know i've done it and yeah i'm always worried about it but it's one of those that i clean my garages the best i can but it's one of those that i'd rather be a little bit dust versus uh trying to sweat while putting down some uh tray coating and and sweat directly on the actual panel so um, that's much worse just clean i clean the floors as best i can yeah i clean the floors as best i can and if i'm outside then basically I'll, I'll tent it and go panel by panel and I'll literally just lightly wipe it. But when it becomes too heavy dust, I have learned to just leave it and I'll come back the next day and just double check it. And usually nine times out of 10, it's been perfect. All right. So why do you think people are concerned about what do, what do, what do you think the concern is? People don't know. Oh, I think it's just a bunch of, it's just, it's just a bunch of know-it-alls. That's all it is. It's, I've been to, Four different trainings is just a bunch of know-it-alls. Do it this way, do it this way, do this way. Okay. I like to do it the opposite way because I want to see actually how I coated my wife's car, threw it out in the rain 30 minutes later because I wanted to see what it would do, knowing that I could fix it. But it's because when these, when these new guys spend thousands of dollars and go through training, they only think one-sided and it takes them years to finally go, okay, I got in a situation and I had to change something. And eventually they start thinking about it. When people want to clean cars, they can clean cars. When you're a detailer, you are always thinking outside of the box. You are always thinking of different ways that you can make yourself more efficient. And you're like, okay, crap, this is the third car. I am tired. I got to figure this out. And you just, you, you figure it out. You don't cut corners because it's just, I think that when you're trained by a book or trained by somebody who's just shoving information at you, well, it goes back to the same, in my opinion, same thing of of YouTube university. Don't do this. Don't do this. And I'll ask the questions why. And then I'll get kicked off those forums because I asked why not because I said, so, you know, my fucking parent, I'm going (laughs) to do it because I want to know what it does because if a customer does it, because I'm sorry, here's the factor that we cannot change. We cannot change the, human factor when you tell a customer to do something 
are they really going to listen all the time? Hey, it's uh, raining outside. I'm like, yep. And the, your car should be good to go. Well, what happens if it gets a little bit of rain on it? Well, just go wipe it off real fast. Well, like, am I the only the one that's missing them? John, I think you're cutting. Apologies, man. I, I think you're cutting really in oh, and out. I'm, I'm only cutting little pieces of what you're saying. His Wi-Fi can't Sorry, keep guys. up. Yeah. Yeah. It was good speech, though. It was good. It was yeah, all I think now. you're rolling, man. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, and I, I could kind of like, I was trying to stay up with you, but I, you just got, yeah, I think it just got too much of the 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 connection. I couldn't, I couldn't understand what you were saying. And that's why I'm feeling John. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all good, man. Amped up Love to it. go with everybody. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Derek, brother. Uh, apologies, man. We went a bit long. Let's keep that tab out question for next time. No problem. Yeah, we're already pushing an hour and a half. So, yeah, we let's tidy it down, guys. Thanks. Oh, we got some hand raised. Okay, real quick. Let's do that real quick. All right. Cooking with Nick. What do you have something? Of course I do. Got his food. I got nice. Nice. Oh, looks awesome. Everybody get to do it's underscore grooms and you can find out more on how to make that yourself at home. Love it. Thanks. All right, Lucas. All right. So just quick opinion, I guess, or observation on the clean room to the guy outside doing it in the sun. I don't think it matters where you do it. It depends on the coating and how good mm-hmm. you are and what you're paying attention to. It doesn't matter. You can do a coating in any environment as long as it's not raining. Yeah. The difference is, is that <laughs> I think we can all agree that the more control you have over your environment, the easier, the faster, and more consistent your uh-huh. production times can be. So for shops like uh, Chicago Auto Pros, for example, where they have a massive clean room and they're doing dozens of coatings a week, that can be a process where they have, you know, a very, very strict set of um, uh, operations that everyone can learn. And it's going to be in the same environment, the same humidity, same temperature, uh, same coating. Everything will be the same every time. And it can make it more of a production line and deliver the same result every time without having people have to think about their environment and actually be smart about it. They can learn one easy, simple task and it'll make it go easier. So I think that's kind of why some guys with bigger shops will invest in the clean rooms is because if they got other people doing the coatings, it's a lot easier to teach someone how to do a coating when you have control 100% over the environment you're doing it in versus trying to train some guy to do it out in the sun where, you know, it could be 45 one day in Michigan or it can be 103 tomorrow. And obviously your coating is going to go a very different direction depending on that temperature and environmental factor. So that was it. Thank you. Mark? Yeah, uh, real quick. Uh, Lucas mentioned um, um, wearing golf shoes because uh, they're waterproof and stuff. Uh, you got to look up Vessi footwear, V-E-S-S-I footwear. They're um, they're like super comfortable and they're 100% waterproof. We did a story where we threw our pressure washer right at the shoe. None of the water got through it. Um, but yeah, for, for detailing, uh, for washing and stuff like that, check those out. They're real comfortable. They'll be great for, for anybody who has a hard time like standing up and stuff for, for long periods of time. That also deals with a lot of water. Check those out. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate it. Lucas, Jesse, Mark, great to see you guys as always. Mac, uh, you know, when you're over there, get those guys in line, will you please? 
Cooking with Nick. Uh, Looking forward to seeing those finishing results at its underscore grooms. Joe Clean, brother. Great to catch up. Love it. Derek, we'll get to the tab out question next time, okay? No, I know, Marty. No problem. No problem. I just had one one thing about footwear real quick. Um, I apologize. So Crocs actually make these light ride shoes, which they're basically shoes, but they have the holes like the regular Crocs do. And they're kind of like a cross between like Marty likes the foot the Crocs and regular sneakers. And you can get them wet and it's like you want flip-flops. So I don't wear socks with them. They're great. Love it. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Enjoy your night. See y'all next time on the community pub. Later. Later, fellas. Hey, this is Marshall. And listen, we all get it. Ceramic coating lights, prep, application, shoes to wear. It's all unique to what you do. So come on, be a part of community. Be a part of the community pub. Every Wednesday night, it's Zoom ID 918-800-1188. That's 730 every Wednesday night. Zoom ID 918-800-1188. Because I bet you you have something that's unique about the process you do in detailing. And there's others in the community that could get something from you. Hey, this is Marshall. And whatever you do, I hope you make it a great day.